Hello all over the place, listeners. Eric Pervoznik back with you for yet another episode of All Over the Place. You knew that. That's why you're here. So, unfortunately, this week, Marty will not be joining us. He's feeling a little bit under the weather. My friend, I hope you are feeling better sooner than later. Although, I have been told he will be joining us in the chat room. So, looking forward to uh, you know input from him as the show progresses. Jim Culver is here, though. How you doing, JC? I'm very good, sir. How about yourself? Fantastic. I, I'm I'm feeling it this week, and I'm very excited. We're going to be welcoming in uh, a guy that I saw open up for uh, Jeff Tate last year at the Celebrity Theater here in Phoenix, Mark Daly of Mark Daly and the Ravens when they're out on the road live, his band, the Ravens. So looking forward to having Mark on the show in a few minutes. And yeah, it's, uh, it's right good times here. And, you know, I want to let people know uh, as we uh, I'll mention this uh before we uh, close as well. But we've got a great lineup coming up in the next few weeks. And I, I could not be more excited as we get 2023 rocking and rolling. Uh, coming up next week, uh, we've, we're going to be uh, in the studio, the virtual studio with Josh from the Vandaliers, another band I've seen open up for a couple of artists over the last few years. And he's coming. And uh, David Morell, uh, the author of of first blood creepers beyond i'm looking forward to having him in right and on. yeah it's uh oh and uh, you can tell us who else we're going to be having on the show jim since you're the one who uh got the word out to him initially because we we've got a date secured with him as well for recording uh, a, a fine gentleman by the name of jacob smith uh who is a uh a movie reviewer and uh podcaster over at society-reviews.com uh, writes some excellent reviews and has always has some fascinating thoughts on uh, current state of pop culture. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it's. I told you at the end of last year, folks, we were just getting warmed up. I do not lie, or I try not to lie anyway, and I never lie on purpose. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm never an asshole on purpose. I just stumble across it sometimes. That's your story, and you're sticking to it, right? I will stick to it. Yes, I will. <laughs> I never try. I'm. I, I'm just drawn that way, as a, a buxom femme fatale once said. So, uh, but all, all, all credit on that one. Uh, I got got to throw a shout out to uh, Christine, our, our uh, producer, and uh, yes, my girlfriend, the love of my life. I, you know, she's we, we're just rocking and rolling this podcast, and it's uh, all, all credit where it's due. So, yeah, looking forward to everything we've got coming up, and uh, and got some concert tickets too. It, this is a good year. Metallica is in the books. Got her seats nice. for that with uh, with Mammoth WVH and Pantera opening. Although, I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, learned earlier today that Pantera has been dropped from two upcoming festivals that they were on. I that. Due to Phil Anselmo, their lead singer, apparently went off on a couple of white power rants in their shows. Some lengthy ones. And, oh, my. Uh, yeah, he's uh, getting a little toxic there. These are not the things you want uh, when you're out there <laughs> and performing for people or at any time, to be perfectly honest. I mean, this is a, there's no place for that in today's world. So, uh, yeah. So maybe I'll see Pantera later this year. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But uh, Metallica's in the books and Titus Andronicus, a new band that I, I've learned of in the last year or so. Re big replacements influence. Got tickets for that. And uh, the ne next show is... Uh, Band I haven't seen in a long time, but I'm, I'm looking forward to them playing a small club out here. The old 97s. 
So very excited for that one. Yeah. So it's, uh, this 2023 I'm digging it so far. So yeah, a lot of has to do with music, but, uh, yeah, it's, that's how it goes around here. Oh, and, uh, just very quickly, and we will discuss this on a, on a later show more in depth, but, uh, saw the, uh, Oh, who cares about the, uh, that stuff right now? That was a teaser folks, a <laughs> teaser. You're not going to find out about it'll be the Oscars. The uh, Oscar nominations came out today, but who cares? Because I see that Mark Daly is now with us. Mark, how are you, sir? Hello. How's it going? Going quite well. Thank you. And, uh, Mark, I want to uh, introduce you to Jim, my co-host, Jim, Mark, Mark, Jim. Hey, Jim. Good to meet you, Mark. <laughs> Good to meet and, you. And uh, Jim, uh, uh, Mark is calling from all the way over in Ireland. And he, as our first international guest, I don't have a prize for you, Mark, but congratulations. You are our first international guest. I'll take it. You know, a lifetime supply of rice aroni used to be the way things were, prizes were given. But anyway, we, I, I can't even do that. But, you know, you're, you're over there in, in Cork, Ireland, correct? That's right. So, uh, you know, the Irish, as far as I'm concerned, greatest storytellers in the world, uh, followed closely by baseball players and maybe some other athletes uh, and, <laughs> and fishermen, of course. But, you know, like you've got your James Joyce, Bram, uh, Bram Stoker, Oscar Wilde, C.S. Lewis in recent years, you know, Roddy Doyle popping up. Um, such a rich heritage of storytelling. And, you know, as an Irishman, how, how do you tap into that heritage and condense that into a three to five minute song? Well, I suppose growing up, like you're, you see music all the time. You see like art all the time um, on the streets. Um, even my parents, like it was normal to just go into a pub when you were a kid <laughs> and, be, <laughs> and be throwing a packet of crisps and sit in the corner with a, with a drink and, and to be somebody playing music or, you know, something. So you're just around it in Ireland from, from the earliest of ages, you know. And, and how old were you when you remember going in and getting your, your first taste of not just, you know, the, the, the good, uh, good drinks, but, uh, but, but the music. As early as I can, like four or five years old, I can remember my, my pe- not drinking, not drinking a pint or anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's off the record. We don't want to get your parents in any possible color. It's fine. I got my sips from Pabst Blue Ribbon from my uncle, but yeah. Yeah. No, that came later, but uh, going into the bars and, and seeing music and, hearing traditional Irish music that goes back as far as I can remember. Nice. And of course, you know, Van Morrison still, you know, the, the, the icon of, of the, uh, the Emerald Isle. Uh, here's a guy still cranking out as far as I'm concerned two of the best albums of the last year, double albums at that. And he's just trickling singles out now too, still cranking out the awesomeness. And it's unbelievable. unbelievable. And where do you see yourself doing this 30, 40 years down the line? I'd love to just still be doing it. Like I'd be grateful for that. Um, but I, I can see myself obviously being a bit more laid back then <laughs> and not roaring out the songs every night. But um, yeah, I'm always kind of evolving as a musician, and um, maybe that will be in thirty, forty years' time. Uh, it might be an acoustic record or a laid back thing. <laughs> oh, come on, man! Don't sell yourself short. I saw Van the Man last year, and he. You know, a little more subdued than the first time I saw him. So, but uh, I can only imagine, you know, uh, you know, the energy that he brought to the stage was still, still doing it, just an amazing job. So, I'm, I'm not going to sell yourself short just yet. It does, music does keep you young, to be fair. You're, you're not a tremendous slouch. Don't sell <laughs> yourself short. <laughs> and you know, and uh, you know, in the now though, you've got. Well, actually, I, I want to you know, 
speaking of the more contemplative nature versus, you know, just rocking out, um, your previous albums, uh, and the, and the material has been of a bit, a bit more of a contemplative nature and, uh, but with the EP now, and I'm going to guess moving forward as that segues into the album, that's going to be coming out on the heels of it this year. Uh, where was that switch that you flipped and, and, and how much influence did, uh, you know, someone like Sasha Paith, uh, who's worked with Avantasia, uh, that being the producer for your new stuff, what, when, when did, you know, uh, when did you decide to get get more rocking and a little bit less contemplative? He was like really important in that um, because I was in a band for years um, before I went under his Mark Daly. I was in a band called the Voodoo's. Mm-hmm. We're like an Irish rock band and we got to tour around the US as well. And um, we played quite a bit and, you know, got a little name for ourselves and did quite well. And then when that came to an end, that was like a hard rock stuff, quite similar to what I'm releasing right now. And then I did more of a laid back record. Uh, I was kind of fooling around with some styles. And then after that record, I said, no, I really want to go back to, I want to go hard rock. I want to rock out on stage again. I want to just really let myself like, I think with the record, just tell everything that I have, all the aggression, everything built up inside. I just wanted to let that go. So um, Sasha was absolutely the right man for that because he actually usually works with heavy metal bands. Um, you know, Camelot, Rhapsody of Fire, all these great bands. And uh, when I heard an Avantasia record, because he's guitar player and producer for all the Avantasia records. Mm-hmm. And when I heard the Moonglow album, when that came out, I was just like, oh my God, because Jeff featured on that. So I was like, hey, Jeff, can you put in a good word for me with Sasha? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I ended up borderline stalking him <laughs> because I went to, I flew to London to go see an Avantasia gig because I knew Jeff was performing and I knew I'd get backstage after. And I said, that's where I'll corner Sasha and be like, hey, please. <laughs> I was like, you don't know me, but please do my record. Um, so I did, I flew to London, I said a quick hello to him backstage and then it didn't really work to, to corner him or it just, the environment wasn't right and he was gone and back to the hotel and I was like, damn it. So I went back to Ireland and I recorded some acoustic raw demos of the songs that ended up on the EP and record. And I just let it all out, sent it to him. Um, and obviously the, at the time we were in lockdown and all his projects just took, stopped because he's working with bands all the time, all around the world. And all those projects stopped and he actually had time to just listen and check it out. And he was like, weirdly enough, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to work with someone raw rock and roll um he's always been doing heavy metal and he was like i've really wanted to do a project like this so he said perfect timing perfect place and and we waited till lockdown was lifted and i went over to germany and within 30 seconds of spending time with him i knew it was like oh my god this is perfect and we just got got lost in it for i did a week maybe eight nine days uh, came home and then went back out again and finished the record so you've got four songs on the EP that's currently out, and how many more are you finishing up now? That's going to be going to be on the album, which is still going to be called "Peace in the Panic," correct? "Peace in the Panic" is going to be the album, and I think there'll be eleven or twelve tracks on it. I actually have to go back and do one more song in Germany, and I'll be going back in the next week or two um, to finalize that. Um, so really excited. Well, if history has proven anything, at least with uh, a lot of my favorite bands, it'll be the last song that you do that will be the big hit. It's funny. You hear that quite a lot, isn't it? Uh, like I've, 
one of the songs on the record that was probably my least favorite, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I was like, and then I showed a few people and they're like, that's the best song on the record. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, was like, what, what? what do you know, Mark? What do you know? <laughs> I know. I was like, okay. But then I kind of could see it. Like, it's really hard to like, when you're listening to yourself and you're critiquing yourself, it's just different to what people hear, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to tell you, and uh, Gotta Run is quite possibly my favorite on the EP. Uh, and I, I just love the, uh, the the message within it. Like if, if you're going through, I mean, don't put up with shit. <laughs> if someone's dragging you down, don't be with them anymore. And, and I've actually made it uh, a companion piece to one of my favorite Chuck D songs, Generation Wrecked, which right. contains the immortal line, if I can't change the people around me, I change the people around me. Exactly. And exactly. So, so, for you as a songwriter and as a performer, how does it feel to know that you've inspired someone like me and hopefully others to just put crap behind them and also, you know, to be in the same sentence with the rhyme animal, the uncannibal Chuck D. <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, that song, I really, um, I, I get it. I get an uplift from it as well. So it was like one of those things where I wanted to be positive. I wanted to be, like you said, no shit, just like, if you're not happy with something, walk away, change it up. You know, um, you hear that a lot with motivational speeches and stuff like that. Um, and I don't know, I just, I really love how that one turned out. It's kind of got, it's got a, a rock sound not too far away from kind of like the Foo Fighters or something like that. You know, it's got that kind of three minute radio kind of thing as well, um, which I thought was really cool. Just the whole style of it and um, delighted with it, to be honest with you. So, well, maybe you've got your first hit right there and you don't have to wait to like have the last song written being, you know, uh, this time, like, you know, well, I, go through. I released, that was the first one I released. Um, okay. The very first track off the EP. And then actually it was just a single first before the EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I ended up um, hooking up with a record label in the US a couple of months ago. So it didn't really get any, like there was no promotion behind it. There was no mm-hmm. proper music video. We just released it in Ireland, and luckily on the first week it went to number one in the Irish rock charts on the download charts uh, with some nice support at home. Um, but after that, it kind of just fell off and disappeared, and I was like, damn it. I was like, I thought that. So now working with the label, we kind of have a strategy, you know, doing some marketing promotion and stuff. So I really think we can bring that one back to life and give it a, a bit more of a push. Second life. It won't be the first or last time that happens with a band. So <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Well, and that, that's one of the things I really liked about uh, you when you when I caught you open for uh, Jeff Tate here in Phoenix, and just the energy that was coming off of that stage was so awesome. And what I also dug was you know after your set, you know go downstairs, want to buy some merch, want to introduce myself to you, get you on the show. And what I was just thought was so amazing was the amount of people who followed after me. And just that line was down, down the hallway. Uh, so I, I think just the great reaction that you're getting from people and, and what, what's that been like, not just in Phoenix, but you know, all across the country as you toured. It's, it's kind of just crazy to see, like we'd finished the show. So I would say to the crowd, look, we got to sell some merch here. <laughs> and I was like, so I said, there's an interval before Jeff starts. If you've enjoyed the show, come up and say hi to March Boot. I'll sign some EPs and it'd be great to say hi. And every night it blew my mind. Like it never wore off just coming down to the March. Like I go backstage, drop my guitar and then literally run out. Uh, 
Well, and, and I, I apologize for taking up so much of your time. You could have gotten some more autographs in. I, I, I'm sorry, Mark Daly fans. I'll take the heat on that one. <laughs> so, and, and I, I liked how you presented that too. And, and you know, Jim and I both Catholics, so that was, that was some great Catholic guilt in action. You know, come down by the merch or my kid. You know, I got to buy. You know, my kids are Christmas is coming up. Nicely played. I like that. Uh oh, have we lost Mark? I think he might have dropped off there. I see, I see he's still connected. Hmm. And blockchain D, DXB, thanks for joining us here on the on the show and then the listening. Hmm. Let me let me see what's in. Nope, he's still here. Oh, I think he's back. Mark, are you there? I heard that that big electronic wow. Yeah. And yes, I, I I do sound effects for a living, folks. That wow that happened, and then oh, and back for oh there there I see him back up in the the listeners area. Can you hear me, Mark? Are you there? Oh, what happened? I get lost in there. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, well, I was just saying, you know, with with the merch and just seeing people, and I I wanted to apologize to the other Mark Daly fans there at the, the Phoenix <laughs> show. I took up so much of your time, but it was like I Jim and I are both Catholics, and the way that you got got uh, inspired. Uh, yeah, that little touch of Catholic guilt you got in there to come up. <laughs> Christmas is coming up for the kids, so make sure you come down and buy some merch, okay? It worked a treat. It was great. And I said, yeah. people come, they're like, we got to support the kids. And I was like, <laughs> I, I said, I got you. It's, <laughs> Christ <time>. it's Christmas. <laughs> now, and uh, one of the songs that, uh, well, I don't really, I want to get into like just dropping singles and dropping EPs in today's culture where, you know, like, physical product isn't selling what it used to and, you know, just dropping a single, whether it's Spotify, iTunes or wherever. And how, well, as a songwriter, as a performer of uh, how, how do you, or, or do you even alter the way that you write music now? Okay. Or do you just, do you come up with like four or five songs you want to put out an EP or do you just do it like a trickle effect as it comes out, put it out there. And if you happen to put it on a physical product later, do it that way. This record was just planned to be a full album and what there was no EPs or anything planned. I just knew, I thought I'd just do a single or two and then release the record. But then the US tour popped up and I and it was, the album wasn't ready to go. So I said, hey, we should really not go empty handed to the US without something to show with the new stuff. So we rushed through that EP, Nothing To Lose, and picked four songs that we thought were rocking and something that would show what's going to come from the record. And uh, I'm so glad we did that. Um, even now, we we're like we're looking to just push the record out um, right after the tour. But I think we're going to do another EP. It works so well, and it introduces people because, like, you know, at the, those shows in the US, like 95 percent of the crowd wouldn't have ever heard of us and stuff. So it's a it's a slow building thing, but one that we got such a great reaction for. I think um, we're starting a tour in, in Europe in March. And instead of coming up with the record now, I think we're going to do another EP and uh, and the Nothing to Lose EP hasn't been toured at all in Europe. So uh, it's uh, we have to slow down a little bit. And now that we have a label that um, have a plan and stuff like that, it's great because I'm too like fast paced. I'm like, let's release a record and let's do another record. <laughs> Someone needs to pull me in. <laughs> you sound like my man Prince. Just put out the music. Just keep putting it out. Keep putting it out. And, you know, Billy Idol, two, two years in a row, two EPs. Not quite as prolific as Van Morrison putting out two double albums two years in a row, but you know EPs. It's again just to get it out there so people you know have something in their hands. And I do apologize; I don't have, I don't have a working CD player anymore, 
So I'm waiting for that vinyl. I've read somewhere that you, you, you prefer vinyl. So I'll wait we, for the the album proper before I, I get. We've some got. Music. We're, we're going to have vinyl for the full record for sure. It's amazing how popular it is again. Uh, it's 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 been fun getting back into the vinyl revival, but uh, and not nearly as expensive as I, th I thought it would be. Three dollar records, they're out there, and I'm finding them. <laughs> I'm the same. I I was up in um, Derry, County Derry, there recently, and uh, I got um I, f I found an old Operation Mindcrime. Uh, from the 80s <laughs> sitting in a record store for I think it was I think it was four euros maybe five euros and I got it and I was like I'm gonna get Jeff to sign this at my I was gonna say yeah I, I think you've got someone who might want to sign that for you <laughs> but then it's one of those things because you get it and I'm like nobody's ever having this <laughs> yeah actually uh that was I, I saw them open for uh, Metallica on the Justice for oh, All tour so that was my introduction to uh to, to the Reich in a lot live setting. So, wow. Yeah. And, and speaking of, of Queens Reich and then, you know, you, of course, you know, you, uh, Jeff got involved on the, uh, the, the facing my demons song from the voodoos. And yeah. that was right after he had had his acrimonious break, uh, for better or worse with, with Queens Reich. How did, how did you and Jeff meet and hook up and, and get him involved with that song and beyond now? It was through um, through Ireland. Through um, um, Jeff's wife visited Ireland and came to a, came, accidentally came to a show. Um, we were down in a place in West Cork playing a show, and uh, it was a voodoo show. And she came up and was like, "Are these your songs?" And we we're like, "Yeah." She's like, "Can you play more of these songs?" And I was just jamming out our original songs. And then she came up and she's like, "Are they really your songs?" <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, and then we got. She said, "Come, come, talk to me after the show." Um, she just really, really got into the band, um, and I did. Even though the guys in the band were just like, "Eh, you know, it's just someone just wanting to chat." And I, said, I went up and had a, a pint of Guinness at the bar, <laughs> and myself and Susan just instantly became really, really great friends. Um, I suppose that was about eleven years ago now, <laughs> and we've been great friends since. Um, within a few weeks of meeting, we were out. We were on the Queensryche tour, um, and our first show was Washington DC at the Nine Thirty Club, and we went from a pub to ten people in the pub to a sold out Washington DC Nine Thirty Club. It was insane. Nice. Um, and then I just instantly hit it off with Jeff. Um, he became so supportive of the band, so supportive of my songwriting. Um, I got involved uh, writing on some of his records as well over the last few years. And we're just really good buddies. He comes to Ireland quite a bit and uh, brings me out on the road, which I'm really, really grateful for. I, I know I, I really had a great time. Uh, he was on uh, the predecessor to this podcast was uh, Radio Free Thredonia. And he came on when they were promoting American Soldier. And I'll, I'll always uh, be uh, indebted to him for that. Just just a, as you know better than, than I do, <laughs> uh, just a cool dude. And just uh, a, a, one of the greatest voices, I think, hard rock metal will ever know it's unbelievable and he's belting out queen of the reich on that whole tour like it was nothing <laughs> still exactly queen of the reich <laughs> jesus christ that was awesome so oh, it was unbelievable and and, uh, and you and he share uh, a certain amount of band members right now too and i unfortunately you know, uh, didn't get to see you come out and uh, play any songs there at the end i was kind of hoping you would come out and sing the christmas song at our uh, at the stop here and uh, but, I was talked about, but I ducked out of that one pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But was there any other point on the tour where uh, Jeff has uh, you, you've come out there and joined them for any songs? And if 
I think because I was doing them, because like, I've do, been doing my own merch and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I just hopped off. And so anything that would happen like that, I might not even be at, or behind the stage or anything like that for it. So um, I just kept myself um, working because uh, uh, right now, like merch is really the most important thing on the, on tour. To, oh, absolutely, yeah. So that we can keep going. I mean, a US visa to come work out there is insane, but uh, totally worth it. It was unbelievable. Now, is there any uh, particular Reich song you would want to do or a solo song from Jet that you would want to join him on stage to belt out with him? I would love to do a, a song that we wrote together um, called The Fight. And I think um, some of his... Uh, shows uh, on this upcoming uh, tour in March in Germany. Uh, I think some of those have those records that we wrote on together mixed into the set list. So uh, hopefully we can do the song. It's a, a song from the Key album that he released mm -hmm. uh, called, called The Fight. Um, so that would be really cool to do that one together. Very cool indeed. Now, and now, uh, Jeff uh, did this on, on the Queen's Rake album, On American Soldier, the song Home Again. He yes. did with his daughter. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, and you're out on the road. You've got a wife, kids back home and all that. So, I mean, the, that song obviously hits, I think, with any musician or any soldier that, you know, that Jeff was writing in, in reference to on that album. But um, how, how does a song like that hit you and uh, inspire you to maybe write, write your own home again? It really does, um, especially on the road, like having young kids at home and, you know, you'd give anything to go home for, you know, just to see them and stuff like that. So that song does, I remember checking out uh, more of the catalog when we were going, the Voodoo's were going on tour uh, with Queensryche. And I, I remember YouTubing that song that I hadn't heard before. And I was like, wow, that's um, really powerful. And um, it's crazy seeing his daughter in that, who's now like well into her twenties. <laughs> It's yeah, she was, she was when I think all of 13 or 14 and she, I got to see her perform that with them when they played in front of chicken foot down at universal amphitheater. So oh, yeah, wow. yeah, she's uh, the pipes come in the family. No doubt about that. Absolutely. I got to admit, I haven't heard any, any of Jeff's stuff since he split with Queen, Queensryche. So, uh, I mean, is he putting out kind of the same vibe as he, as he was back then, or is it a little different nowadays? There's been experimental stuff and then there's been heavy stuff. Um, I know he's working on some stuff right now. It's really heavy. Um, and then there's um, some laid back ones as well. And just, yeah, it's a real funky, cool style. Um, but if you're going to check out anything, check out the fight because I get royalty on that. <laughs> Fair enough. I've already written that one down to revisit the key album. No doubt nice. about that. Yeah, I, I, there's a song, uh, Life and Death, Life or Death on that record that I actually sing on as well on the record, which is really cool. And Jim, also something that I uh, got, what, uh, got four years ago now, but he did an album with Sweet Oblivion, which was one of my favorite albums of that year. And he, he did vocals on that album. It was a great record. So, and uh, now, uh, unfortunately, uh, one of our other co-hosts, Mark, Marty, wasn't able to join us today. Uh, but uh, he did, uh, there's a great question that he wanted me to ask you. Uh, and, and you mentioned, you know, with the Voodoo's going out on tour that first time, like playing, you know, a, to five, 10 people in a small club. And then the next thing you're in front of this huge crowd at the 930 club. Uh, and what is first off, small town gigging here versus in Ireland and, and, and uh, you know, Europe. And just what, what is, is it a similar vibe or just what, what, what's the feeling like? And then what, what's the scene like comparatively? 
Like the difference between gigging in the US as in, and in Ireland, is that what you mean? Well, yeah, and I guess also like when you start out, I mean, are you just, you know, are you busking? Are you just, you're playing to these, you start with five people and it grows as, as, you know, the band gains a little bit more notoriety and popularity. And oh, yeah. Like what we kind of had to do was we had to play covers to get gigs um, in Ireland. Unfortunately, it's really cover oriented, like gigs mm -hmm. are, it's really hard to get original gigs. Um, so what we would do is is just, we'd build up as many cover gigs and then we'd sneak in our songs and we, we'd start getting a really cool following with the, with those gigs. And then people would start saying, hey, is that, that song yours? And we just started playing it more regularly. And eventually we worked up to original gigs because we could bring people to it and make it worthwhile for the for the venue. Mm -hmm. So it was it was really, um, it was, we were doing probably like five or six nights a week um, just to build up that for a long time. So we eventually got there, which I suppose led to the, the the opportunity in the U.S. And then when you're playing U.S. clubs, I mean, did, did you do anything or, or how much did you do with the voodoos before you got on to a big tour? Did it just go straight into you You were just opening up for Queensryche and then the Operation Mindcrime stuff? Yeah, it went from zero to 100. It was just like <laughs> it, it was crazy. And. And then shortly afterwards, we did the we did that run with Queensryche, and then uh, back in Europe, there was a, the MTV EMA Awards started doing um, a competition for a band in Europe to open up the whole ceremony, the whole show, because um, it was on in Belfast, and we applied with one of our songs. I think there was over ten thousand bands entered, and. Uh, we ended up winning that out of the 10,000 bands and ended up opening up that. So that was like, you know, 15 or 20,000 people in front of us and a massive audience around the world. So that was a real Kickstarter for the band. And then we ended up doing a couple of more tours from that. And that's kind of what kicked it off um, as a professional career, I suppose. And you, you mentioned doing, you know, five, six nights a week when, when Voodoo's starting out and uh, which is the traditional way of doing things and you know now in the 21st century we've got you know shows like you know american idol or so you want to be a star oh, yeah. where people just kind of get, get thrust in and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that whatever as far as i'm concerned whatever gets people hearing new music i'm, yeah. not, a, I'm not a fan of manufactured pop or you know nashville style country pop but it, there's an audience for it i get it so i mean just for you as, as a, a singer songwriter and performer what uh I guess discuss for me like the, the the pros and cons that you feel like earning your keep out on the road versus just like jumping into it and being on TV and winning a contest. I kind of like the grind, the grind of it. <laughs> to be honest, I think it's like we've been doing this. Like I've been doing this now for like I said, eleven or twelve years. Like like with the original music, and it's been a slow build. It really has, and it's been tough to build it. But I feel like everybody that's behind me and supporting me really genuinely care. So it, it might not be um, this all overnight success thing that people, you know, tends to happen every now and then. But I, I love working and touring and building it up bit by bit because that last tour, the support we got in it in the, the run in December and January, I was like, oh, my God, these song, the, the new set and the new songs are going down so well. It just makes it worth it that year. It kind of I've just been figuring it out as I go along had to write a couple of dodgy songs <laughs> to get to the good ones, you know, <laughs> and uh, it feels like it's in a really good place right now. And uh, the support is reflecting that. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to more that. That's for sure. It's uh, it's, 
I love live music and it was after being bottled up and uh, for what, almost two years, it's, I made up for lost time last year and you guys were the last, oh, no, sorry, second to last show I saw last year. So definitely it's nice. looking forward to seeing you guys again. And I, I wanted to, you know, Jim, you, uh, yeah, Jim, Jim, your, your son, I mean, uh, there was one of the songs that uh, you and I were talking in particular uh, from Mark's catalog popped out on you. And uh, did you want to? jump in on that one with uh, with your yeah, world. Yeah, there was a, a re, there's a really really beautiful song called Your World and it really kind of spoke to me as a dad uh you know and has some experience with kids dealing with difficulties and so I was, I was kind of wondering if you could tell your story the story be, about uh, behind that song. Absolutely. Um it's definitely the most personal one I've <laughs> I've written but um I remember it was shortly after my son was diagnosed with autism and I was at home and you know typically not, not being like vocal about what's going on and trying to just deal with it in my own way um and then there was one night at home i just sat down and the song just poured out of me it's the only way i can describe it i just sat down and it just came out like there was no thinking about lyrics or anything or chords it just came out and i had my laptop and i just did a, a just a recording of my laptop of it and my wife got home from work and I was like, oh, I'm after writing a song because she knows that's how I deal with my emotions. <laughs> and uh, I just said, yeah, this one's about Noah. And uh, I was like, do you want to have a listen? So she listened and she cried her eyes out. And uh, I said, oh, she was like, you have to release this. And I said, um, it's actually, I was like, it's way too personal. I, I don't want to release it. And then she's like, that's exactly why you should release it. So uh we did release it uh within a few months we did it in um autism awareness month and we did a, a charity here in ireland and released it and put the proceeds to that charity and it was really really um, amazing i've been getting messages from families and, and parents all around the world since i released it which is just crazy and it's amazing that it touches people the same way as i felt writing it yeah it definitely strikes a chord for 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 certain people definitely and the last night on the tour, we finished off in Fort Lauderdale last week. And uh, I just said to the boys, I just feel like it was a sitting down venue. It was like a full, like a packed night. And I just felt, I was like, I haven't played it on the tour at all. And it just felt right. So the, we finished up our set and the boys walked off and I just said, hey, I'm going to play this song and finished the night off. And it was just insane. Like I looked down and I could see people crying in the crowd, like in a good way. Um, and, uh, people speaking to me at the merch afterwards saying how, how the song affected them and how it meant, what it meant to them with their families and stuff. It was quite emotional. Cathartic cries are good. Those are the good kind of cry. Yeah, so. Exactly. And uh, another song, uh, another thing Marty wanted me to get in for you, Mark. And uh, you mentioned, you know, you know, any band when they started, they got to do the covers cause that's what clubs like to hear. It brings people in, get some drinking, all that stuff. Now, Marty wanted to know what cover song would you want to do and put your own spin on it and possibly put it out there for release? Funny you should say that because I was just talking about this with the boys last week. And I said to the guys, what about Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy and do a really cool version like a, um, of that tune? Because I absolutely love that song. And I think, obviously, Thin Lizzy are a huge band and stuff, but it would be amazing to cover them and to do something really cool and modern with that and maybe throw in a bridge of acdc's jailbreak 
Exactly. <laughs> just, just to be extra cool. <laughs> it's all it's all greatness. I mean, it's it's Phil and and Bon and all the guys. So, and now and I, I uh, and looking over some of some of uh, some of past interviews of yours, I, I saw that Kiss was kind of like your milestone moment. Hearing them for the first times, where you said, "This is what I want to do." Yeah, bands like that was, uh, thank God, it was my my dad because he listened to, to, like in Ireland, we don't have like any radio stations that will play anything like that. It's like, you know, five or six radio stations in the country who all play the same songs. <laughs> That's, you know, Same here, same here. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, and I'm glad that my dad used to like just blare Led Zeppelin and, and Pink Floyd and Yellow and Kiss and all these things in the car because it's just, I was like, what is this? And it just blew my mind. And I was like, this is what I, everyone should be listening to. Right. And I'm grateful for that because I could have easily just been listening to the radio and, um, got a completely different road. And I was like, I, I, my grandfather owned a bar. So my earliest implanted memories to a large degree was me reaching up at the ceiling, trying to sing and knock three times by Tony Orlando and Don and three dog night one and joy of the world and all that. But my dad, God bless him. He gave me ACDC when I was five or six years old. Nice. And when they were first breaking here, WMMS in Cleveland was one of the first bands ever played them here in the States before they had a, any contracts here. And I returned the favor because I gave dad Van Halen and Metallica. I felt that was only right. That was so, a pretty, that was a pretty good return right there. <laughs> now, no, but with, with Kiss, that them being one of your, your uh, early bands or ELO, which one of your songs would you want Kiss to play? Uh, I can't imagine them playing any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but if Paul Stanley, if, if Gene could market it properly, you know, he would want to. So what song would you give him to go for Kiss to do? I suppose I would have to pick Nothing to Lose, that track. It's probably okay. a nice heavy one. It's got a cool, cool beat. Um, I'd say they could do something cool with that. That'd be great. <laughs> and, you know, uh, as we wrap things up here, though, I want to, and once again, Mark, thanks for coming on the show. And again, I'm looking forward to when you're back here in the States and de definitely uh, when you're swinging through Phoenix or close enough in Vegas, definitely looking forward to seeing you guys again. Uh, but for those unfortunate few here uh, in our listening, on, on the all over the place listening crowd, may not know of you. So which songs... Which three songs in your catalog would you introduce to a newbie to get them on walking the the right road to Mark Daly and the Ravens? That's a good good question. Um, probably to show some versatility. Maybe just I would say "Gotta Run" to get you positive, upbeat, mm -hmm. rock and roll, and then to go a bit darker and weirder and show a, a different side. There's a song called "Addicted to the Throne." Oh, I um, love that one. That one's kind of got like this creepy dark vibe, but like really cool production um, and like lots of eerie, weird sounds, but just different. And then I'd finish with Nothing to Lose because it's a, um, it's probably my favorite to play live and probably my favorite to listen to. Amen to that. That was the one that hooked me. One of the nice. that whole night was awesome. And and actually, I, I I'll talk. I'll. I'll Check in with you after. I wouldn't mind getting a set list from that night so I could put it up on setlist.fm and just make my own little playlist. Oh, absolutely. Actually, actually right now I've got everything. I was just cycling through with uh, it. And I'm glad you brought up uh, Addicted to the Throne. That That is a, a kick-ass song. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Well, and, uh, you know, uh, Jim, any any, any uh, things as we, we wrap up here today? Uh, 
just want to say uh, th thanks for coming on. And uh, if you're ever up, up here in Seattle, definitely come check you out. Absolutely. I, I actually lived up there for a bit a few years ago and yeah. loved it. Um, so hopefully we'll be back because I've got a lot of cool friends up there. And be amazing to do a, a, a little show to come back. Oh, and, and I, as someone who's been to Cork, I, I, I imagine it made you feel right at home weather-wise being up here. It really did. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I said, oh my god! I'm moving to America and going over there. And I got, we got our visa, and we said, let's do a year in Seattle and and you know find so like get some followers and and uh, geek around the scene there. And I was like, here we go, American weather. And then we got to Seattle. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> the wrong city for American weather, man. Sorry. It's dreary <laughs> here, too. Damn it. <laughs> it's exactly the same, which, which is probably why we get so many um, moody songs, right? Well, and I, 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 I almost yeah, It's pretty forgot. hard to imagine uh, Nirvana coming out of uh, you know, L.A. Or, <laughs> or Arizona or something. I think it would be a, a very different vibe coming out of that. A hundred percent. But uh, getting back to your world, Mark, uh, just one yeah. final question for you. Uh, with, uh, if I'm remembering correctly from your Instagram page, that your your son joined you guys very briefly on tour. He he and, did. And so, and, what, and look, he was very extroverted, and it just seemed like he was having the time of his life. And you know, and just for you, how, how does uh, does your music help you connect with him? It, it it's been our biggest connection because like even when I was writing that record, I, I had a room. My bedroom was a studio at the time, and he would just sit in the bed and listen. And um, if my he's got perfect pitch, like he's got the, he's it's it's insane. He's really into music. He can play music by ear. But if my guitar is slightly out of tune, he goes like, "Dad, that's disgusting," <laughs> <laughs> which always cracks me up. And I can't tune my guitar perfectly by ear at all. I need a tuner. And he is like, he, he literally goes around and tunes my guitars. And uh, he was having a, I was on tour in Germany. I think it was in February. And I, um, my wife got on to me and was like, he's really, really struggling. He's having a really hard time. Uh, I don't know what to do. So we had a two day break between the German tour and then we're going to the UK. And I just said, I'm going to come home and take him and bring him out. Everyone thought it was crazy, but we didn't really have a choice at the time because he was struggling so much. And it was unbelievable how well he took to it. He just absolutely loved it. Um, Jeff's wife, Susan, was looking after him while we performed. He was in hotels every night and got really comfortable with hotel life. <laughs> <laughs> He's like up late watching cartoons in the hotel, just like kicking back. Um, absolutely loved Jeff and all the guys. And they all got on so well. Everyone treated him like family. And he absolutely loved it. So I'm actually going back to Germany in March and he's going to come out for a week of the tour. It went that well. well you've got your perfect pitch tuner to come with you. I mean, exactly. What, you can just come out on stage and tune the guitars. <laughs> why wouldn't you bring him? Well, and one, that, that was one of the inspirations for me getting this podcast uh, back and, and up and running. And his music, as, as far as I'm concerned, the great uniter. And, you know, a healer, what can't music do? And I, I think that's awesome. And it's, uh, it's magic. It is magic. And, well, folks, Mark Daly, be sure you check him out. He's at markdailyofficial.com. That's the website. And it's Mar at Mark Daly Music for Instagram and Facebook, correct? That's correct. Well, again, Mark, thanks for coming on. And uh, we're going we're gonna to get, uh, get some tunes out there for you. I'll uh, accompany them here with, with the, when we get the podcast up. And uh, I'll get that link out to you. And, uh, 
Looking Amazing. forward to you. Once you're back in the States and, and not, not the best of luck with uh, finishing up the album and uh, UK and German you know, Euro tours and uh, see you when you're back in the States. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you having me on and I really appreciate the support. Awesome. Uh, really great my, absolute, my absolute pleasure, Mark. Thanks again and uh, Thank you. take care. Cheers. All right. Bye-bye. All right, folks, that's all over the place. We are back in 2023. Music, movies, music. We got a name to live up to, folks. And don't forget, next week uh, from the Vandaliers, we've got lead singer and uh, songwriter Josh coming on. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Mark Daly, thanks again. Be sure to check him out, folks, at Insta- uh, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, and markdalyofficial.com, the website. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be back next week. <laughs>